today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, he's not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We are on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here sitting with David Niles. We are sans Juan this evening. But his um, his future brother-in-law is is becoming Catholic this weekend. Yeah. So well, we allowed it. We we gave him the night off. We totally forgot about it, but we allowed it. That's why we're a little late this we evening. We called him and are like, Juan, where, where are, are you? you? He's like, I'm in Shreveport, bro. And I was like, what the heck are you doing in Shreveport? <laughs> we, got, we, got a we got an episode to record. And then we realized, and He's oh, like, yes. remember I told you? And I was like, yeah, I was just kidding about that. We were just stuff. joking. Yeah. Hey, I want to give a shout out. Can I give a shout out? I haven't given a yeah, shout dude. out in a while. I will allow it. I want to give a shout and out. I, and I encourage it. I want to give a shout out to Deacon Gary Beam. To the Beamster. To Deacon Gary Beam. He goes, he's a deacon at the Church of St. Benedict. And he gave a rock and homily. Yeah, he did give a good homily today. And you know what? He was fearless in his yeah. homily mm-hmm. because he he talked uh, definitely about some controversial things. Right. And there's obviously going to be people that were stirred up about it. But I know that there are priests that listen to this show. I know that there are deacons that listen to this show, seminarians. Yeah. So he broached the subject of politics. Mm-hmm. You know, he he didn't like go full force into it, but he, he, he obviously was referring to politics Mm -hmm. um and one thing this is just my beef about political discussions it's not actually about the discussion but it's about people's reaction to political discussions because some people will say like oh you shouldn't talk about you know politics and blah 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 and i think that they do that because they they've adopted an attitude that is sort of like a, a moral moral relativism politically you know that you know, don't do that because that's just your opinion and everybody else's different opinion and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But the truth is, there is, one person is right. Mm-hmm. That some political op- opinions are right and some are wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if it was just about like, oh, what color is the best color? Obviously, there is no best color. You know, okay, then that would be... Even a it's orange. I mean, yeah, see, so there you go. There's, you know, one example <laughs> right. of what could be the best color. But that would be a, a, a fruitless discussion. You're just really wasting your time. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than just the exercise of debate. Right. Uh, but with political conversations, there is a right and there is a wrong answer. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and sometimes you're talking about degrees of wrongness between both options. You know, it's not most, like most of the time. Yeah, these uh, days. I mean, as South Park said once, you have to choose between uh, a turd sandwich and uh, another bad option. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, but why I said that is because it takes um, virtue. To stand up takes fortitude, takes you know courage to get up there and yeah. say stuff that you yeah. know you're going to get backlash. I for. appreciated what he did. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you know, even though because one of the candidates had has called, uh, well, actually one of the vice presidential candidates, um, who also happens to be a woman, has called the Knights of Columbus a racist organization. Right. And so it's like, well, as a Catholic, that is a little bit offensive. <laughs> I'm not actually like, I'm not actually offended personally. But that doesn't mean that that was not an offensive thing to say. Right. Because, so, like, the thing is, I don't ever get offended by anybody just because, like, if you're saying something to me to offend me, you're clearly a moron. <laughs> and I don't really care what morons have to say. I just... That, I, is, that is my actual <laughs> outlook on... I mean, it's like, and I'll pray for you. You know, like, I, I'm not... Just, I don't say that or feel that way to be mean to anybody, but it's like, why am I going to let the opinion or words of an idiot or somebody who's just like maybe is on the internet somewhere. Why am I going to let that affect me? How I feel. Yeah. yeah. I just I think mean? I, I just am glad. I mean, obviously you don't want to be a provocator for the sake of being provocative. Right. But, oh, no. uh, there is a, an importance of being able to speak the truth, knowing that you're going to get backlash and, but knowing that you have to say it because it's your duty to say it. Um, and God has ordained it to so see, so anyway, I just want to give him a shout out because that doesn't get um, brought up as enough. See, senior. So see. this is the, if this is your first time listening to the show, the first thing we do is welcome, we have, welcome, welcome to you. Sir. I, I have I assume because of the title of the show, there's going to be new new listeners. So if this is your first time, the first thing we do is we open revo- re- open review and enjoy a beverage, a manly beverage. Then we ha- highlight a gear, and then we get into the topic. We're so not, we're not drinking sarsaparilla around here. No. Although those are delicious. Are they? I have no idea. I said uh, that and I was like, I wonder what that is. It might be good. <laughs> I think it's like black cherry vanilla soda. Isn't it? Isn't that, is that right? what it is? Oh, uh, Jim didn't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so tonight we're, we're... Is that an old drink? He said, he said, he said I'm not that old. Yeah, it's, it's an, it's old, an drink. old drink. Yeah. Okay. Um, ah, so, sarsaparilla, say. So tonight we're drinking Kilkeman's, uh It's a vintage 2010. It's a limited edition. And Kilkeman, uh, Kilkeman is some is a distillery that I really enjoy because it, it, it does have nine years, nine years, nine years. Yeah. So what this whiskey is is it's it, it's a uh, forty two barrels of a, a bourbon barrels that is first fill with three sherry sherry butts, and then they put them all together. And three sherry butts mm-hmm. on the on the barrel. Mm-hmm. How do they get three the, the, sherry butts in one barrel? Uh, no, 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 three different sherry butts. Okay, oloroso sherry butts. I'm not exactly sure what you mean by that, but um, and it, they they blend it all together. I'll look it up later. Um, let me give you the tasting notes, and then I want then I'll let you. Or you want to give your tasting notes first? Um, it smells good. This, this tastes it smells good. So good. Uh, the thing about this is, is it hmm. it's um. It's 50 ppm, so it is going to be peaty. Uh, I can definitely smell Lefroy, the peat. is he runs around 45, 40 to 45. Oh, wow. So, But because of the Oloroso and because of Kilkeman in general, 
they have a, a little bit more of a vanilla, a little bit more sweeter taste to it. So it's going to be a nice blend is, is of, um, drink, uh, of whiskeys, I think. Mm. So the note says it's clean, coastal notes, uh, jump out at first, sea spray, lemongrass. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, that you can really taste the ocean in that dram right there. Like, it's very seaweedy, very ocean water. Mm-hmm. And then the palate, it says big, ashy peat smoke with uh, smoked lemon, barbecued pineapple, and banana. Mm. Don't get that. Oh, to, I haven't tried it yet. I'd have, but to, I'd have to search for that a little longer. T- toasted coconut and salted smoked almonds. And then uh, the finish is more pipe tobacco, rolling peat smoke, and, and drying oak. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't get any of the fruitiness. But I also do not claim to be the definitive, the definitive tongue. I really like it. I mean, it, it is really good. It is a lot like Laphroaig. Um, it doesn't have... Uh, you know, if you were to just try it side by side, you could tell, oh, that's not Laphroaig. Laphroaig has a very um, mm. distinct flavor mm-hmm. that that's oh, that just like, good, it's that a Laphroaig is... flavor. This doesn't have that Laphroaigness. I love th- the finish. It's very long. I don't say that in a bad way. It's just, right. you know, you can tell it's not it's not that. Because it is tempting to compare it to Laphroaig, being that it is so peaty, mm-hmm. you know, and it, right, it's, Boy, it's, that, it's is, that kind that of whiskey. That is a very nice dram, though. It is really nice. I do like the salty, like seaweed mm-hmm. flavor that you get. Isn't that weird? Because I would never want to eat seaweed. You know, if you put like a a bowl of seaweed in front of me, I do get a little bit of the banana. I don't. I don't get the toasted coconut. Are you going to eat any of the seaweed? I mean, uh, I've had seaweed before on like sushi. Really? Yeah, they. they oh, do okay, sushi. okay, yeah, but I mean. Uh, that's that that's is, not what I'm talking about. It's very about. interesting, though, because it doesn't have the... It mellows out on the palate in the middle, and then it, it picks back up the aggressiveness at the very end. It's a long finish. But the first yeah. the first part of it is a little aggressive, mellows out, and then comes back at you. Yeah. I agree. It is definitely a long finish. You know what? I do get some banana at the very end. Like, now here at the very finish, mm-hmm. like, as it's sitting... Now I can now I can kind of get some banana, but not not on the like really good. not in the front when they were. It's n- very it's complex. not at the beginning. There's a lot going on. Yeah, it's very it's very complex. So sort of like my taxes. Really? No, actually, mine are very easy, <laughs> not hard. <laughs> yeah, uh, especially like over the last four years, they've been a lot easier. Right. Who itemizes now? Yeah. I mean, right? I wish I didn't. I wish. I wish I, I wish I was itemizing. That means I'm obviously giving a lot of money to charity, which I would love to do. I don't have enough money to give that much to charity. Dave, let me ask you this: uh, for the people who are new to the show, yeah, um, why are we drinking? That's a good question. Yeah, to ask. so we drink on the show uh, because well, there's really a lot of reasons. One of them is to promote the the notion of holy leisure. The other one is to promote moderation, temperance. Um, God made the things of this earth good and they should be enjoyed for their goodness and so that's what we seek to do here on the Catholic Man Show to enjoy life to its fullest and promote virtue at the same time you look up Catholic Answers Focus we did a whole episode with Cy Kellett on this very topic just google that and you can listen to that as well so when we get back we actually have a man gear today excited to give it to you we're on the Lord's team the winning side so raise your glass 
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan and Jim Spencer. We're sans Juan Posada. He's in Shreveport right now. Having a great time without us. Mm-hmm. Super selfish. I told him to put $1,000 on black for me. Mm-hmm. I bet he doesn't even do it. That's the thing about and him. He said he, he would. He said he would. I'll bet he doesn't even do it. Yeah. Uh, you know? But uh, thanks for uh, thanks for listening to everybody. Everybody, thanks for listening today. And thanks for joining us on Facebook slash YouTube. Um, if it looks like I'm bleeding out of my eyes at the moment, don't worry. It's just chlorine. Thought, you, thought you've been playing video games for the last 27 <laughs> hours. Until my eyes bleed. Yeah. Uh, I tried that one time, not on purpose, like I wasn't trying to make my eyes bleed, but I did play, play video, video games. games for probably that long. Man, that is a long time. College, you know, <laughs> yeah. just do anything. <laughs> <laughs> We're drinking a little uh, Kilkeman's 2010 Vintage. It is so good. It's about a $100 bottle. It's $100, so this is going to drop you a Benjamin. Yes, but there's not very, there was a, it was a limited release, so there's not very many What's of them it out say? there. It says $97.99, so yeah. It's a plus tax. It's a limited release, so if you can find it, I definitely think it'd be one for the whiskey shelf. You know, so there's some states where you don't pay tax on groceries. Does whiskey count as a grocery? Like, do you get out of? I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not sure. So we're gonna jump into the man gear. Okay. The man gear is the idea came from my brother-in-law Holden Bell. He gave me this idea, and it actually does really well piggybacking off of our last episode when we talked about the home. Yes. And making sure to take care of your yard okay. and, and things. And it's it's called T-Nex, T-Nex, N-E-X. Okay. And it's it's a it's a chemical that you put on your yard that okay. allows your grass, it, it, it keeps your grass from growing too like, fast, as fast as what it normally does. But it doesn't kill the grass. Right. It doesn't brown the grass. It doesn't, it doesn't you know, uh, hinder the, hinder it in any way as far as like, uh, disease or anything like right. that. All it does is it it stunts its growth, basically. Yeah. And so if you're not if you're a guy who has a big yard that doesn't like to mow, and you're looking for a way to slow your grass from growing so much, yeah, this would be a a sweet man gear. Uh, to so to have. even if you water it and you keep it really green, it still still just won't grow. It won't grow as fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it will grow. It will grow, yes. But uh, it, but it gives it time also to, uh, my understanding is, is it improves the, the color of the grass as well. It greens it up as well. Hmm. Um, so anyway, he he's a, uh, a, he knows everything about yards, Holden does. And yeah. So he was telling me about this. And I had no idea about it. So it comes in this big bottle. Uh, it is uh, like a gallon jug. And the jug is expensive. It's it's like 150 bucks or something like that. But you only use about three quarters of an ounce on a average size yard. So you, it's going to last you a long time. Yeah. And basically, like so if you, this is just something that anybody can go and buy. Yeah, you can go buy it on Amazon uh, right oh, really? now. Wow. Yes. Okay. And if you let's say you uh, mow your yard every five days, it'll probably push it out to where you only have to mow your yard every eight to ten, eight to twelve days. Yeah. Okay. Depend, depending so um so it, it, especially like you know how you go on your month-long vacation every year it's two months but you yes know. uh two months yes um i'm still on vacation still on i'm vacation. bilocating right, right now right um it would be good to, to put on your yard before you leave so that way it doesn't you you don't come back to a jungle in your yard yeah yeah so i, th- I could see that i'm gonna be honest i have a little bit of a hesitancy embracing this man gear um 
because it, it seems to me to, to violate like some just principles of nature, some of the natural law about messing with stuff that shouldn't be, you know, like I, there's just something in me that's like a little bit unsure about this, you know, like they're going to like find out like, oh, turns out it also turns you into a small person, you know, or well, golf courses use this a lot as they? well. Yes. I, I believe that. Yep. Uh, but I just, the thing is, I don't know enough about it to embrace it personally. I like the idea, but also the, the other thing is that I don't like stuff that helps you avoid work just for the sake of avoiding work. Well, but you know what I mean? I, I do. I do understand do you see that. What, do you know what I mean? I get that. But to me, it's like, okay, good. It gives me more time to get my flower beds in order or my vegetable garden or, yeah. you know, just other things that I need to make sure I'm doing uh-huh. um, in the yard. So anyway, I really like I it. Do, I, I do see what you're saying, like, especially for me, like when I'm gone for the six months, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that could be good so that... Um, my yard. I'm not going to have to mow it. Right, exactly. That would be nice. Yeah. So, although anyway, this it's called T dash Nex, N E X. T Nex. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a t shirt. No. That's just the chemical. Correct. And it won't kill you. It will not kill you. Are you sure? That's what Holden said. So if it does, talk stuff to like this, I feel like is either going to do nothing or like give you superpowers. Holden's been putting it on you his yard I mean? and he says it, it's been working like, really well. Like this is the kind of stuff that if you at the factory fall into a big vat, like you you You're come out with some superpowers or something. That's how it goes. That'd be cool. Depending w- on the superpower. I know. It, and like in the movies it just works so well. Right. The whole like falling into the nuclear waste. Right. Except for people like uh, the penguin. Because <laughs> isn't that what happened to him? I don't know, dude. I'm not a. I'm I, not I don't a, remember I'm not either. A but, guy. but for a lot of people, anyway, it works great. Or and DC, whatever it is, I don't even know. Anyway, yeah, um, Batman is DC. Okay, so um, anyway, I wanted to I wanted to touch on that because I thought it was good piggyback off of last. It's week. something to look into and for sure. Definitely something to look into. T because next. there really is nothing better. That, like if you go on a walk through your neighborhood and you come across that yard that just looks amazing pristine yeah condition. there's just something so beautiful about a well-maintained yard no doubt and i'm gonna say this i think that if you have a healthy yard there's nothing wrong with walking on it okay don't be that guy say like, don't walk in my yard get off my grass right exactly it's like why don't you go back inside sir okay and do something productive with your life other than just stare outside your window waiting for someone to accidentally step on your grass <laughs> Like a healthy yard should be, you should be able to walk on it. Otherwise, it's like, is it really that healthy if my footprints are going to like crush your yard? Or I just like to, to bring beauty. I like to try right. to bring beauty. I know, but it's like the people who are anal about it, it's like, you need a life. It's okay. Please, sir, I'd like to invite you to uh, have a life. <laughs> this is a personal invitation. Okay. You know what I mean? I hear you. you. Are you with me? I'm uh, not sure that you are. I don't know. At this... I don't know. What? I don't know. You are the get, get uh, off depends, my yard? No, it depends on what it is. We're not talking about walking through flower beds. We're talking about walking on grass. I understand. I don't want to get into it, though. I'm not interested in getting into this. Really? This combo. Because it's going to take too long. Well, you could just say one way um, or the other. So, But I, I want to actually get into the topic. Okay. I want to jump into the topic early this evening because I think that it's going to take us a little while to get through it. And if you're listening on the radio, go and make sure you download the podcast because odds are we're not going to be able to get through all of this. Um 
within the the allotted time. So we'll 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 add this to the podcast, and you can get it on YouTube as well. So if you're listening on the radio right now, uh, you can subscribe to the Catholic Man Show on all the pl- platforms or whatever. But I came across this art this. Uh, it's not an article, I guess. It's essay. Maybe more of an essay. You don't think it's an article? I mean, I guess it is. I'd call it an article. Okay, from uh, Dr. Peter Kreeft. He's a a stud. Kreeft. Kreeft. It looks like, it should be Kreeft, but. It's Kreeft. Whatever. Uh, He's a, you know, philosophy stud. He's a uh, professor uh, at Boston College. At least he was. I don't know if he still is or not. Yeah, I don't know. He's authored a lot of books. A lot of stuff. A lot of great books. Yes. Uh, Has a good Thomistic understanding to most things yeah um but also speaks in a way that you can understand right yeah, yeah. a lot of his books are really are, are very digestible he does the, the summa of the summa mm-hmm. and this the shorter summa of the summa you know so just to break it down getting close to to where i'm at to, right to where there, yeah, right? yeah 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 and so he he wrote this article and we'll we'll link it to the show notes but it, it it's about is is there sex in heaven and when i clicked on the article i was like wow i didn't really read it i just kind of like like everybody does, you know, you kind of see how long the article is. Like, yeah. how much time am I going to invest reading this? And it was it was long. I was like, wow, that is a lot of, quote unquote, spilled ink over a topic that's very easy to say, no, let's right. move on. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, and I was thinking like, man, that is long. I wonder what he has to say. He's a he's a, a great thinker and yeah. I, I'm, I'm interested in what he has to say. So anyway, I sent it over to you and I emailed you and I said, hey, what do you think about this? Would, would this be a cool topic? And you were, you were game as well. So um, I wanted to just kind of like, run through some of the things that he had to say but then kind of give some thought get your thoughts on it and see what see what you have to say about it as well sure um so is there sex in heaven yes okay depending on what you mean (laughs) right (laughs) yeah so that's that's why this is such a loaded uh uh question i don't know maybe loaded question is not the right way to say it but the problem is that we have all come to adopt a mis uh misunderstood definition for sex right yeah there's a, a linguistic change right to the uh trivial s- word of sex mm-hmm. that is uh that is changed you know from like intercourse to just who we are as a person right so he lays out four principles and we'll we'll list these four principles and then we can kind of jump into it on the on the other side of this break but the four principles that he has are uh number one is sex is something you are not something that you do Number two is this is the uh, the the principle is the alternate to chauvinism and not is is not egalitarianism. Okay. Number number three is sex is spirit. I just said number. Okay, good. I I did. You could be German. The Germans they they do do it it that way. way. Good, good, good. Uh, Sex is spiritual. Okay. And number four, sex is cosmic. Okay. And so those are the four principles that he and he says this is not something that I came up with. This is this is not original. Okay. He's just pulling from a lot of he pulls from Aquinas a lot as well yeah. um, in this and C.S. Lewis and a lot of other great thinkers. I was um, reading it on my phone and I encountered a couple of times in the article where he would quote somebody and I, I I couldn't tell who he was quoting and I thought maybe it's just because I was, on my phone it wouldn't I don't mm. know but I could tell he was quoting heavy people right so. He, he puts this all together to, to kind of answer this question is, of, is there sex in heaven? Yeah. And so when, when we get back on this other side of the break, we'll, we'll jump into the first principle, which is sex is something you are, not something you do. We'll be right back. So Adam, you've never been to Rome. I know. I keep telling you, you have to drop what you're doing and go. 
dude, it's on my bucket it's list. It's on the bucket list. I know, man. Look, you've got St. Peter's Basilica. You've got Assisi, which is just a day trip away. I mean, the whole faith is just right there. Around every single corner in Rome is another church that will just blow your mind. I know. So if you're like me, you want to go to Rome, but you don't know where to begin, check out our show notes. There's a banner that says Select International Tours. Click that banner. They know how to turn your bucket list into reality. They've been doing this for over 30 years, so they know what they're doing. Check it out. That's Select International Tours. Welcome back to the Catholic Command Show. We're talking about, is there sex in heaven? And obviously the first thing you think of is no. Or at least that was my first thought. I was like, no. Okay, next question. Yeah, I'm good at this game. Yeah. Is there another true or false or something like that? Right. I can do that one as well. Um, and as I was reading it, obviously there's more to the question it's a loaded question. Yeah. Um, so do you want, how about this? I'll let you, I'll let you start it off, kick it off. Okay. So sex is something that you are. It's not something that you do. You know, like we, everybody's filled out forms. You know, you go, you got a new doctor and so you're filling it out and it says Mm -hmm. sex, male or female. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so that's, that's really what, when he says, yes, there's sex in heaven, it's because in heaven, you, you're a man. Now you will still be a man in heaven. As persons, human persons are a body-soul composite. So we are not uh, a neutral spirit. Like he uses the example of like uh, driving a machine, a male machine, and other other spirits drive female machines. No, no, no. You are a man. Your your soul is a man's soul. Your wife has a woman's soul. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so the body is actually just um, an outward animation of your anima your soul so that it is the soul that animates the body and the, it is the, um, the body is expresses the soul so they mm-hmm. go together right um, and so yes there will be sex in heaven because you will there will be men and women in heaven and so that's kind of the the, the, the launching point right yeah yeah and so I think it's important to remember like okay obviously if if there are men and women if there are two different sexes, uh, they're complementary to each other, you know, and they're masculine and they're feminine. And when, it, it's really funny, he says in here, he says, traditional expectations that men be men and women be women are confused because we no longer know what to expect men and women to be. Yet, even though confused, the expectations remain. Right. And that, I mean, I'm quoting from it. From, from that article. Yeah, there's just something inside of us that yearns for something more, you know, than what the mainstream media tells us to be. You know, th- you know, it, it's not in the news now, but, you know, there was all that toxic masculinity junk mm-hmm. all over the place. and Right. Right. Uh, really, really what they were talking about was just wimpy masculinity. It wasn't not even, masculinity. It certainly a- wasn't masculinity, right. Right, and because... So the, the thing is, is obviously... The more a man become like lives out his masculinity, he realizes that it's not for him, but for other people. It's a, right. it's a self service, right. self servant, self denying, and that goes along principle. with his authority. The th- his the authority of the man in the home is the same. It's not for him, but it's it's for the benefit of other people. Right, and the the more he embraces that and, and comes to 
uh, grips of that reality, Mm -hmm. the more he's even able to not only embrace his masculinity, but also help the, the, the feminine, his wife. Right. You know, because the beautiful thing that God did was he created both male and female and made us like... A unit made us compatible with one right. with one another. Yeah, exactly. And so, the more a man embraces who he is, the more he is able to help even the woman uh, in, in, in what she needs, and and vice versa. The more she embraces who she is, the more she's able to help the the man. Right. And so, because if you if you start out confusing those two things, the whole the domino that that, that falls from that and and the repercussions of that uh, is kind of where we are yeah. a lot today. He, he uses a good example in here about how we are, men and women seem to always yearn for the the prior year, like yesteryear's stereotypes where, you know, you have romance and chivalry and, you know, all of these things. And he, he talks about how the reason for that is because those stereotypes were closer to the truth. It's not that not that they were perfect, and he he talks about ways in which they were flawed, but they were closer to the truth than the stereotypes the of today. Right, exactly. What is what is the real calling of man and woman? Right. You know, we still want Romeo and Juliet to love each other. Right. You know, and that's the that's kind of the he, he uses that example in the in the article, and I, I think it it really tells the story well. It's a good example. Right. Yeah. And you know, the further we if we start if we start messing up the 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 harmony between man and woman, then, then there's problems that 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 affect, you know, that, right. that come to, to fruition, which is kind of leading into the next next topic or the, his next point, which is the difference between chauvinism and egalitarianism. Right. Um and we were talking about this off air Davis that a lot of times, you know, the chauvinism which is uh, definitions are, are, are key, so let's, yeah. let's start. We'll start there. Chauvinism is is when you think one sex is superior to the other, which follows that the sexes. Which really are, means that you think men are superior to women, right? Which follows, yeah, that that they're intrinsically different, different uh, by nature, and so if they're if men and women are different by nature, then they must be different in value, right? And even the word superior is a little bit. It's not as good because men are superior to women in some ways. We are superior to them in strength. We are mostly superior to them in height. You know, like but so. There are ta- some ways we are superior, but we are not of greater value. Right. You know, we're, we're not. We're women, talking about intrinsic value. Yeah, women are are superior to men in other ways. So, but the the real question is: Are men more valuable? Are they better than women? And that is no. That is absolutely right. False. Exactly. Right. And and but because of that, because of that buy-in to a lot of men years and years ago, it mm-hmm. ru- it. I think that that was the seed that plant was planted that of of what the feminism movement is today. Right. Uh, it, it launched the feminism movement, which is like the egalitarianism part, right. where everybody is equal, everybody is the same, uh, no one is different. Well, not they're, irre- not, irreplace- they're not very just that they're equal. Not just that they're equal. Egalitarianism would go beyond saying that men and women are equal, but they're th- that they have sameness. You know that there's no difference between men and women. Yeah, they're, they're subs- they complete substitutes. Yeah, other another. than you just have a different body, but that's the only difference. You know, that men don't have different uh, proclivities to certain things. Right. You know, that we are exactly the same on the inside. Which is why I personally, you know, am against like th- that type of feminism because you're, you're, you're taking all the bad things that men did Mm-hmm. And you're you're embracing those, you know, right. the, the uh, self-serving, the uh, absence, 
the I, you know doing things for your own self. You know, right. That is the, that is what uh, you know the feminism movement is becoming today. Right. And that is the bad things that that men did years ago. Yeah. And that's not what we want. You know. And so if you understand that that chauvinism is obviously a bad thing, but egalitarianism is is equally bad. I mean, this is not something that we want to yeah. promote. The ironic thing about chauvinism or uh, about feminism is that it ends up enslaving women in the very things that they sought to, to get, be free from. Right. You know, they were like, oh, we're, we're you know, sexual oppressiveness or, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, uh, freedom. They wanted, they wanted freedom to do what they want. So now they're trapped in jobs and they say, well, we want to, we can sleep around too, just like men can. And so it's like, you you're in the same spot except it's worse you don't have a husband who loves you you know like at least before uh you know and the, i mean this goes had back, something but this goes back to the reason why this is all happening is because men weren't being men men weren't being virtuous Absolutely. men right yeah it, it's not an either or that's the thing right and so it's not chauvinism it's not egalitarianism right it's authentic masculinity and, and, and authentic fe- femininity. femininity you know right. em- if you are a woman embrace your femininity right you know what really bugs me a lot is that women seem to reject acceptance of their beauty as one of the gifts that they possess from God. Because I think that they have been told that, oh, if you are viewed as beautiful, then you're demeaning. It's like, oh, yeah, all you are is a pretty face. You know, that that kind of downplays your other, you know, your your intellect or, you know, maybe some of the other gifts that you might have. Hmm. Um but I just, I really, really hate that because women are beautiful. Like, the female form possesses a beauty that the male form simply does not. Like, men are not beautiful. Yeah, we've talked about this before. I mean, they're just not. Um, but the female form, and it's so it's so interesting because really men and women are so similar. We both have faces. We You know, like our bodies mm-hmm. are almost exactly the same. But there's just this hint of a difference between them that is, uh, I mean, it's just astronomical in its uh, outcomes. You know, just that it's so, women are beautiful. They should embrace their beauty. Right. I I really, it it does, it saddens me to see women reject their beauty in an attempt to uh, be like respected, I think is what it is. Do you know what I'm talking, I mean? No, I understand what you're talking about. Yeah. But I think that, you know, we got to understand that Obviously, by nature, we are different, but in value, we're, we're sons and daughters of God, and so we're, we're right. intrinsically valuable. This is why the pro-life movement is is where it is today. You know, we're, we're trying to be uh, making sure that we're protecting life, mm-hmm. you know, because it's intrinsically valued. It doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if it's male or female. It's mm-hmm. intrinsically valued because it's made in the image and likeness of God. Right. Um, and be and if it's if that's the case, if our differences are natural, when we get into heaven, uh, it will be even more of a big. It, it'll be a, even a bigger difference because grace perfects nature. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So there's going to be even a bigger difference in that aspect. You know, the higher you go up in this hierarchy, the more the differences are are showcased or magnified. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because God is is the creator of all. So. Angels and, and, and us are, are, are different, just like we are different than animals. Right. And that uh, that reality is exemplified even, you know, the higher you get up in the hierarchy of yeah. uh, of God. Yeah, so there's a dualistic Not view. Not of God, but of... Of, of nature. Cre- of nature, right, yeah, yeah. Of creation, yeah. So the, the dualistic view of the human person would say, you know, once again, that the there's the soul, which is apart from the body. 
Um, and that would kind of make the body an artificial uh, add-on to the soul, that the human person is just a soul. And so if that was the case, then yeah, the body would have no place in heaven. But as Catholics, we know that the body is natural. It is part of our nature. Right. And so it will, it'll be amplified. In heaven, we will be, our, our masculinity will be even more, it'll be more than it is here. Right, exactly. And, and if sexuality is a gift from God, then our sexuality will also be heightened when we get into heaven, not diminished. Mm, interesting. Which is, you know, which will lead us to our next point when we get back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan and Jim Spencer. Guarding the door. Don't even try to come in here. So, before we get back to the topic, I just want to tell you what I was doing today. Because it was really nice. Okay. Uh, tomorrow is the feast of St. Hyacinth. He's a, a Polish-Dominican saint um, from, like, the 1100s. He was, like, he was buds with St. Dominic. Um, and he had, like, some miracles that he did about feeding a whole bunch of people. He invented the pierogi. Just delicious. I'm Polish, and so our family got together today, and for hours we cranked out probably a hundred pierogies. Nice. Can I have some of them? Uh, we, I I probably can. They were delicious. I love pierogies. Uh, but it was just really great, like sitting around. There's just something fun about getting together as a family and working on a project. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there you is. know, and it's not like oh, we're doing a puzzle. Puzzling is fun, doing a puzzle. But like here, we we're doing something that's we're gonna eat. You know, yeah. and there's just like something very. Like satisfying at a deep down, like this is what we're mm-hmm. like. This is fulfilling me as a person, right? Right, doing this with my family, and so it was just a great, a great idea. Um, it's my mom's idea. We're a Polish family, but you know, everybody likes pierogies, so and pretty easy to make. I mean, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of you have to make a lot of dough, mm-hmm. but you know, it's n- nothing is. You're not gonna like mess it up, really. Nice, yeah. So anyway, that was fun. I just wanted to throw yeah. that out there. Friday we had uh, our uh, Maximilian Colby yeah. party. That was fun. It's been a big weekend. Colby, the Ascension, uh, the Assumption, mm-hmm. and I mean Saint Hyacinth is not well known, but uh, it was for you guys. He, yeah, that's awesome. So anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. Cool. Okay, so we're talking about is there sex in heaven? And, and right out at the other side of that break, we were talking about how uh, in heaven everything that that we have now that is a gift from God by nature is going to only be heightened. It's only going to become better. Not, It's not going to be diminished. Right. Because God can't take away what he's already given to us. Think about how big my biceps will be in heaven. That, <laughs> really? is, going to, that is going to be incredible. Like, I think probably there's a lot of people who are really looking forward to that. <laughs> I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even know how to... <laughs> I don't even know what to say about I'm just that. Kidding. Okay, so uh, so but sex is is spiritual, obviously, because if there is right, because it involves the person, right, the the person, right. So we're, cause because we are body souls composites, uh, sex is a spiritual thing as well, right. So it's not just your body having sex with you know when when a man and woman, when a husband and wife have, make love, it's not just their bodies that right. are involved. It's their persons. It's the union of persons, right. And you know this. He even says this that that you know sex happens between the ears before it happens between the, le- the legs. Yeah, that's what he says. Yeah, you know, yeah. Says, and like, I thought that was a good point. That's a good point. You know. So, so it, yeah, sex happens between the ears before it happens between, or more importantly, you know, you, whether it happens before or not. But m- the most important part is really taking place. You know, 
in your intellect, in, in when you that gift of self. Mm-hmm. That's really the most important part. And so, I mean, that's why that's why new life can spring from this because it is the whole person with the whole person, right? You know, which is uh, you know, this is a strange concept I think to think about. Like you know, the the uh, the, the soul is sexual uh, because a lot of people. Today, we're, you know, we struggle with either materialism or like what you talked about in the last part was dualism. You know, that mm-hmm. the soul and the body are completely separate and you can't... There's so much of that in our culture. Right. And it's like people don't even realize that that's what they're doing sometimes. You know, when, when they talk about, oh, people in heaven are going to become an angel. It's like, mm-hmm. no, no, actually they won't. Angels don't have bodies. And, you know, I'm not trying to be too strict on people when they say that, but... Um, it's just not true, right? Yeah, and, and, but the, so the conclusion is, is because sexuality is innate, it's natural, it's pervasive, like it, it encompasses the whole body, not uh, the whole person, not just the body, but the soul as well. Right. And we know this also. He he, he brings out this in, uh, this point that I thought was really good. He talks about how how complex the soul is, mm-hmm. you know, and how we all understand this in, in the fact of either suffering or joy. You know, there's so much more immense suffering in the soul than there is a body and there's so much more immense joy in the soul than there is the body mm-hmm. you know that's why uh, the agony in the garden with jesus was so was such a big you know was one of the, it was a big deal like he was agonizing his soul was agonizing mm-hmm. over over what was about to happen uh and so and i think we all understand this like i've had times where i was so mentally emotionally like anxiety ridden that you know you hear guy you hear people like either banging their head against the the door or you know pulling out their hair you know being so fidgety that they you know hurt, hurt themselves or something like that yeah, yeah. And it's because they're trying to take away this this pain this this interior pain by physical pain mm-hmm. i'd rather have the physical pain than, than the interior pain right um and so because the soul is so complex that it, it encompasses more than just the body it, it, it's the whole person body and soul right and so anyway i think i thought that was really cool how he how he kind of uh, brought that out and how complex the soul is. Yeah, I mean, I we'll find out when we get to heaven. You know, it's like one of those things. It's hard to hard to really know. But I, yeah, I can only imagine what it's like to see a person. You know, like because right now we see we see the person's body. You know, you can gaze into someone's eyes and you can kind of see more than just their body. But like in heaven, we will gaze upon their person. Mm-hmm. You know, we will see all of them. And I think that's the, like, there is, sex clearly is a foreshadowing of a heavenly reality. There's something sure. about it that is, that does uplift us. You know, uh, the word ec- ecstasy, which uh, actually means to, like, come out of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, there is something about it that's, like, drawing us to heaven, but I think part of it is just that we there will be so heaven will be such an intimate thing because we will see and know each other, you know, like we kind of even the, the Bible uses that word to like oh to know, uh, you know, whoever knew his spouse, and it means that you know now, you know they had they made love, mm-hmm. and so I I think there's there's an al- an analogy there between possibly what it might be like in heaven just to to look and gaze upon one another and to have knowledge. Of one another, not in a sexual way, well, not in a uh, in, in intercourse way, way. Um, but in a complete way. Yeah, in like a, in I a see whole you, person, and, like, and just to be able to give, we'll, we'll be able to give ourselves completely to each other. You know, in this divi- as we gaze upon the Trinity, which is itself a gi- a complete gift of self. You mm-hmm. know, this uh, Trinitarian love. 
And so as we imitate that and draw closer to it in heaven, we will seek to do the same things with ourselves, you know, as we're in communion with the communion of persons and we're in communion with one another, you know, so it's just, there's a lot of deep, I can't wait to, f- we'll, we'll find out. You know? Yeah. <laughs> As we work, there's, as we work out our salvation, definitely in, a lot in fear of stuff, and trembling. right? But there's uh, just something about the act of of new life that is just causes great pleasure, mm-hmm. you know. And so, one thing I've speculated this is just my own speculation is that Mary, when she conceived Jesus in her womb, uh, probably experienced the greatest physical pleasure. I mean, actually, physical pleasure mm-hmm. of any person in the world. That's just my own. That's my own theory. Well, uh, Aquinas says that uh, he said that sexual intercourse was much more pleasurable before the fall. Sure, I mean, and that's, that makes of course, sense. Of course, it was. I mean, right? Be- that is because that's part of our nature, mm-hmm. and our nature was darkened, you know, because of the fall. Mm-hmm. So we we lost touch with our true selves, and so Mary, not having a fallen nature. Um, would have, uh, in my in my estimation, and also just her total gift of self, you know, and who is she conceiving? You know, like right, just the yes, her yeah, yes. It's a very interesting thing to think about. You know, so I think that she, it was probably an a true ecstasy. Mm-hmm. It was so pleasurable. She was, you know, almost died. You know, who knows? That's just a theory. I don't want to get too distracted on it. No, but, but I mean, I think that's a good point because all earthly realities point towards the heavenly reality that we that we'll right, have. So right. you know, God is God made this, and in, in in His creation is good, and everything is going to be only heightened when we get into heaven. That uh, that was good to begin with, um, you know, compared to right here on earth. Right. Yeah. So I mean, and that kind of bre- uh, you know kind of goes into the last the last point that he's talking about is like sex is cosmic so not only does sex go up as far as uh you know obviously as as we get higher up the difference between angels are, are even more uh aware you're more aware of the differences between you and, and angels and and the differences between you and and other people the other saints and the, all the communion of saints but it right. also goes down right yeah well and the point he makes here is in most languages uh, nouns and verbs have gender. And that's actually what gender is. Gender has never applied to the human person. It's only recently that sociologists have tried to apply gender. You know, the, oh, there's this gender spectrum and, and nonsense. Gender has always referred to uh, the tense of verbs and nouns, how to conjugate properly words in other languages. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what gender is. But it does, you know, we, how, we still call them masculine and feminine nouns, you know, it's like, oh, the ocean is feminine, you know, and if you if you notice, there is ten, t- there tends to be a theme. The ocean is very, like, receptive, you know, like, right. thing. Um, so, it, it's obvious, it makes sense why it's feminine. Sure. Um, one, an interesting one is in Latin, male, a uh, farmer is a female, a female noun. A farmer is female. Huh. Yeah, it's just kind of, that is like an anomaly almost, but um, <laughs> all of creation Humanity has known this from the beginning. This is his point. I mean, like, these languages go back thousands of years. Yes? Would you say thousands? I would. Yes. Yeah. Uh, hundreds of yes. thousands? Yes. Uh, so, from the very beginning, humanity has understood that all of creation is, is made this way. And we participate, our maleness and femaleness, we participate in the, the ordinary form of creation. Mm-hmm. So that it is obviously so important that God put 
maleness and femaleness in all of his creation. Yeah, and he even brings out, Peter, Dr. Peter Griff even talks about this. Uh, we're, we're, we're catching the end of this for our show, but uh, try uh, subscribe to our podcast because we're going to be talking more about this. Yeah, and, and our YouTube con- channel. And we'll continue this conversation. You can go to thecatholicmanshow.com uh, for, for more information, but uh, hang in there with us. If you're uh, on Facebook or podcast, we'll be right back. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. You can change the camera angle if you want to. Boom. Boom. Um, yeah, okay, so uh, um, he, even, he even brought up the point, Dr. Peter Kreeft did. Kreeft? Did you say Kreeft? Kreeft. Kreeft? Yeah. I've said Kreeft like my whole life. Oh, uh, yeah, but I know. It should be Kreeft. Kreeft. It's it's K-R-E-E-F-T. That should be Kreeft. But it's Kreeft. It's Kreeft. Like Kreeft. Kreeft. Like Kreeft. 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 Like Kreeft. Take away any Kreeft. Kreeft. Okay. Just Man, I'd love to have him on the show like, someday. There's a silent E. That'd be awesome to have one him. One of the E's is silent. Okay. That'd be awesome to have him on the show one day. Yes. I would love to do that. Um, Somebody knows him. Send him, to, send him would to love, us. Would love to. Would love to have. It. So, but so he even brings us up uh, how the male and fe- femaleness in nature is all the way brought down into the uh, electron proton. Yeah, I thought that was a great example. Yes, because the electron that the two pursue each other. Yeah, the electron pursues the proton. Right. And knows that his rival is another electron. Yeah. You know, and so they were. Per- there's this art of pursuing one another, and he he uses the example of like, well, that's you know that that is a, a type of love. It's an attraction towards one another that they yeah. that they're the opposite, right? Yeah, that they're because uh, the electron coming- and the proton are two like made for each other physically. They have a, you know, and just as man and woman are physically made for each other. You know, when, mm-hmm. when Adam first laid eyes on Eve, at last, bone, bone of my of bone, bone flesh of my flesh. flesh, you know, he can see that her body is made for his body. Right. You know, and the, without the woman, a man's body all by itself makes no sense. Right. It's, uh, it, it's a nonsensical uh, arrangement. Mm-hmm. Nece- I mean, so... It, it's only when when you encounter the female that you understand who you are, right? Because man, you know, as the Bible says, man is not made to be alone. Right. It's not good for man to be alone. Right. And and, and, and the same is true with the electron and the proton. And you know, so the electron wants to gravitate and ro- and orbit the proton. Interesting. Interestingly enough, sidebar. Everybody, not everybody, many people think ele- electricity flows from positive to negative. It does not. It flows negative to positive. Yeah, the electrons are the ones that were moving, right? Mm-hmm. And so they are, they, oh, and it was actually after that they made all of the formulas for electricity that they realized we're wrong. Actually, it's the electrons moving, not the protons. <laughs> but it just, basically, that just made all the answers negative. And so they said, it still works. It still works. Just out. ignore ignore the negative answers <laughs> that we're going to get, and, and it's fine. It's the same thing. Just make them positive or keep them negative. Doesn't matter. Hmm. Well, it's a, so Side, that was a sidebar. Good sidebar. Yeah. So, but, but because we're we're made for communion, you know, the Trinity is a communion. We're, like you said, the Trinity is communion. We're going to be a communion of saints in the you know the mystical body of Christ. We're made for one another, right? Yeah. You, you know, we're made to be together, and uh, because we're God made us to where male and female are complementary towards one another, mm-hmm. we realize that we become the 
the most that God created us whenever we are self-denying, self-sacrificial, like we had talked about. And yeah. the, the highest form of pleasure is always comes with self-forgetfulness, when we, when we stop forgetting about ourselves. When we start forgetting about ourselves. Start forgetting. You said stop. stop. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Start forgetting about and forgetting's ourselves. not the right word, but yeah, when you when you uh, when you when, when you, you put yourself out of the behind equation. others, yeah, 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 and so um, and that's what we're gonna do, you know, when 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 we've killed the egotistical pride within ourselves, you, you know, not we, when Christ in his in his mercy and justice has has killed the pride that is within ourselves, and yeah. we're not, uh, you know, sitting here thinking about ourselves, and, and it'll be a complete giving of one of, of of ourselves to the communion of to the body of christ the mystical body of christ yeah um and i think that's such a a, a a crazy thing to think about so i was thinking about this today this is also a little bit off topic but it's about humility <laughs> okay i i was realizing uh, i was praying this morning and it occurred to me that humility is so important because as you as you grow in the spiritual life um, you know, you seek to empty yourself mm-hmm. so that you can um, be more, you know, people will see you less and more of Christ. Mm-hmm. The more you do that, the more you will be praised by others. Uh, rightly so, because A, it is right to praise Christ everywhere that he is found. Mm-hmm. But you will just be the kind of person that people are gravitated you'll just be a tr- an attractive person and so you're you're going to receive more praise there will be a limit when your praise the amount of praise you receive will stop you in your progress it is only by further humility that you can even grow in virtue anymore because hmm. the Christ that people are are authentically seeing in you causes praise is the you know causes them to praise you which right. ultimately Blocks you. Blocks you from growth. So that's why I was realizing humility is always so important. It never is. It never stops being important because you have to continue to empty yourself so that you can continue to grow. Right. Because the more people see Christ in you, the more that they're going to tell you right. they see Christ, Christ in you. Christ, you're, that's attractive because holiness and, is attractive. And, you, and and that's that's not unjust of them to do so because if they are finding Christ in you, he, he, Christ should be praised where he is found. Sure. You know. Yeah. So, um, not that they're worshiping you. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. But um, anyway, I, that, I was just thinking about that in prayer today. That's interesting. I just thought, yeah, that I'd share it with you. Um, so, and the 20 people who are oh, 17 people who are still listening. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, but C.S. Lewis has this interesting uh, story that he talks about when when somebody asked him, you know, is there is there sexual intercourse in heaven? And he he gives a, this tale that you know. It, that there's a father and mother and he's it's come to the point of the birds and the bees talk with their with their son yeah and uh so the parents are sitting there telling the son here's here's how a baby is made here's here's what love is here's here's what you know sex is yeah sexual intercourse is and that the kid stops and he's sitting there thinking about it for a minute and listening and kind of nodding his head and then says like well can I eat? Can I eat candy while I'm having sex? And the the idea is is because the kid thinks that you know if sex is so pleasurable, yeah, that like my parents are saying it's such a pleasurable thing. Well, the most pleasurable thing that I can think of is eating candy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 
12 years old or whatever. I don't know how, right. or whatever the yeah. age is. And, you know, so candy is the best, is the most pleasurable thing that I can well, think yeah, of. Well, yeah, let's pair it up with candy. So candy is yeah, the best thing. Can I, can I, you know, double dip here, you know, and eat, yeah. have candy and have sex at the same time. Right. And, you know, so he, he makes this analogy saying like asking is sex is if we can have sexual intercourse in heaven is equivalent to almost asking a, uh, the, the kid asking the parents, can I eat candy? Uh, while having sex yeah. it's like you don't understand i understand i know that you think that candy is the most pleasurable thing that you can think of mm-hmm. i get that i've been there right you know i've had i've filled my mouth with as many pop rocks as i can possibly put right. in my mouth yeah i get that that is pleasurable like i, I understand yeah it is awesome it, it's awesome it pops all over the all place, over the place. It's crazy. Like, yeah it's crazy but but sex is so much better, right? And so you, we were talking about this beforehand, and I was just telling—I was telling you about Christopher West uses an, a very similar analogy. I think it serves a little bit better than the one that uh, C.S. Lewis uses. He talks about how when you're a kid, chewing bubble gum is like the best thing that you know of. You know, it's your favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And then you—you you know, learning Did you ever about get this, the big chew gum, oh, the big yeah. league, oh, yeah. big, league, Where, or big like, league gum, or like the one that was like gum powder. That you could like oh, yeah. pour in your mouth well, and it like all would clump together. It was really gross, but like it looked like what it was, was a, like, a chewing was tobacco gum? pouch. You know, it was like gum by the foot. What was that? Oh, uh, where you yeah. like pulled fruit, it up. fruit by the foot? No, 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 no. that was a that was fruit snack. Else. You know where the it was the but yeah, it was like yeah, a pink, pink and you yeah, could and like you pull it pull out, it way out, and, yeah, and just keep just chewing that gum. Gum has totally changed in our lifetime. Like bazooka bubblegum was awesome too. Do you For like ch- three seconds, bazooka bubblegum was awesome. Like uh, the zebra striped gum or oh, something. Yeah. Uh, I, I forget what it was. But gum used to, like the flavor lasted 20 seconds. Right. And today, I don't know what they did. I don't know how they figured it out. Mm-hmm. Like most stuff that's changed in our lives. Like I wonder how they did that. But man, gum is way... Gum's way... Kids these days don't know how good they got it when they chew gum. But anyway, Christopher West was talking about kids chewing gum, you know, and he said, asking, are we going to have sex in heaven, is sort of like a couple who just, on their wedding night, instead of consummating their marriage, sitting around chewing gum. You know, like, he said, sex in heaven, like, obviously, people will have bodies in heaven. So, I suppose, in theory, it, it, it would be physically possible to have sex in heaven. I, I mean, but the thing is, that's a ridiculous question, because you're sitting there gazing at the beatific vision. So, asking, like, are we going to have sex in heaven, is sort of like imagining a couple sitting around chewing gum on their wedding night instead of constant. I mean, it's like, no, nobody is doing that. Nobody right. has ever done that. Nobody will ever... It's just not, it's not a realistic thing to even wonder because the thing, you know, you're in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. Gum, like, well, and like, you like you're, you're worried about chewing gum. Right. And or, you you know, just, it's your wedding night. Right. You're not chewing gum, no. you know. Right. And if you are, uh, so, yeah. nobody is, though. Yeah, like, no, nobody. nobody. Right. Yeah. But earthly love is so passionate because heaven is full of passion it's full of charity yeah you know like this is the earthly you know the earthly shadow is is the heavenly reality and so uh being in in communion there'll be way better ways of expressing love towards one another than this weird awkward jigsaw puzzle of a person 
you know, with another person in communion with one another. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's what I think, uh, Dr. Peter Kreeft, 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 gosh, Kreeft, Kreeft, maybe it is you, Kreeft. You like, you're, uh, let me you're tell changing your, let me you're tell changing you, the name. It is not Kreeft. Okay. I know that. Know that. And maybe it's Kreeft. Okay. You know what? Kind of play, play the middle ground between a and a, like Kreeft. Uh, you know, Kreeft. Dr. Peter. Um, right. Pete. Yeah. Dr. Pete. We'll call him Dr. Pa- Dr. Pete. That'll probably not get him on our show by... PD. Yeah. But, you know, so that, I mean, that's what, that's what he's, that's what he's trying to bring to the, the end of his, the, yeah. this whole article was, was talking about like the, the ridiculousness of understanding of like the idea of how, uh, almost elementary that question is. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's only because this is a gift that God has given us that is so pleasurable, you know, that, that is a, that is a good, that is a yeah. natural good that'll be only, uh, exemplified in yeah. a higher degree. Have you ever noticed how almost every single, um, like, even political debate uh, ultimately comes back to sex? Um, okay, so... I have not noticed this. Yes. Almost always, every single thing that it's like, oh, I disagree with, with what you say, or I disagree with this stance. If you work it backwards... It almost always gets back to some sexual question, or like a sexual deviation, hmm. um, and it, like it's people justifying this, and it, it just—it's incredible. If you if you sit there and work, I mean, social—you can do it with socialism. You can do it with uh, most, not all, but a lot of um, leftist political pol- policies. I mean, it ultimately comes back to. Uh, the what they would consider liberation or justification of sexual deviations, um, and it once you realize that and you think about it more, it starts to make sense that here our sexual powers are are probably the most potent. You know, that is the uh, the gift that we have. You know, like okay, we have authority. We borrow authority from God. That's part. That's like part of Him that we have, mm-hmm. so to speak, if you want to put it that way. The, well, the ability to author life is without a doubt the most godlike thing mm-hmm. that we can do. Well, yeah, I mean, and obviously, the 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 best thing that Christ could give us, you know, the, the biggest gift is always the most uh, the one that is most perversed, right? The 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 greatest glory is always the one that is tried to be diminished. Yeah, um, you know, and. and that's why I think that sex is is one of the biggest sins around since since probably well, the fall of man. Yeah, and that is that's a whole different debate because actually right. that you know Dante a, Dante would disagree with Dante you. Dante would yeah. Um, but but really, th- what I'm trying to say is like this is why it's so important to get sex right and to understand this part of your mm-hmm. personhood because if you're not willing to wield this um, potency that you have mm-hmm. rightly, mm-hmm. then you will be led astray. Uh, well, because in, even in your, in your intellect, like every, you will get who you are wrong. If you're not willing to be open to life, if you're not willing to be fruitful, if you're not, if you're not willing you know to what I'm self-sacrifice, saying? like right. that's the whole thing is like the, the understanding of like, oh, what is it? In, what's in it for me? You know, that's the whole thing is right. Is 
in today's world with with pornography with masturbation with what you know all these things is like it's self-gratifying it's like it's all about me it's like what am i going to get out of this yeah and that's not what that's the exact opposite of what heaven is is you know it's 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 a giving of oneself and that's what marriage is you know it's a giving of oneself to the other it's a self-sacrificial love it's a uh you know it's the christ it's christ dying for his church you know it's dying for his bride the church right you know and that's what you know. We're obviously called to do is, is die for our wives, mm-hmm. as Christ died for for His church. You know, and so it's this self sacrificial love. And what happens is obviously pride is is the biggest sin. And so it becomes what is it? What's in it for me? Right. And not what can I give to them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I like to think of it that the your sexual powers, your sexual drive, your sexuality, your maleness, and but also your your intimate, you know, the intimate part of you. Is like a, it's like a jet engine that's supposed to propel your person, you know, mm-hmm. in the right direction. And when, when you get it wrong, it like, is like pointing those engines the wrong way, and the, your whole rocket, the rocket ship of your person, just gets imploded straight into the ground, you know. And right. it just has a way of destroying you, the 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 image that you're supposed to be, you sure. know, because we're created in God's image, but we're supposed to image Him the right way, mm-hmm. you know, and when we when we choose to sin, when we choose to live a life that is not in accordance with the natural law, with the divine law, then we fail to fully encompass the image that God created us to be. Mm-hmm. You know, we cease to be the image that he, that he created us in. Right. Um, and so, lo- getting your sexual powers, getting your sexuality wrong, is like it just immediately happens because you're created to be a man mm-hmm. a ma- and a man is a certain thing i mean it's masculinity is a certain way of living so to speak or it's specific it's, nature. it's more than that that's a bad way to say it. i don't want to say it that way but you know you are a man right. be a man and if you're not being a man then your whole life is going in a wrong direction mm-hmm. which is like i mean and that's what uh, you know, at the beginning of the the show, we talked about, the, and I love, like, I just love uh, how, what he says about this. He's, you know, the traditional expectations that men be men and women right. be women are confused because we no longer know what to expect as you know, men being men and women being women. Right. Yet, we're still we still hold them to that. We still yeah. know we still expect them to do that. Christopher West says that the most important question a man can ask himself is, "What does it mean to be a man?" And, you know, and I, I think he's right, because obviously then then follows, you know, the, some of the answers to that question is, well, a man is someone made in the image of God, you know, who follows, you know, Christ, you know, so it's like mm-hmm. someone might say, no, the most important question is how do I follow God's will or, you know, whatever those things. But those are actually answers to the first question, the first question of, of what, what does it mean to be a man? man? If I'm a man, what does it mean? Because it's the most fundamental thing from the day you're born. We already know certain things about you. We know, actually, th- if you th- just think about it, how much of God's will could can be determined for you on the day of your birth. The fact that you're a man, we already know a lot of things that are not part of God's will for your. Pl- you're not called to be a mother. You're not called to be a wife. You're not called to be a sister. You know, like, there's mm-hmm. so much of... Yeah. I mean, like, we can already now know so much of God's plan for you simply because you were born a man. Or, mm. or a woman, right. you know? So, like, that is the fundamental question. It's, it's, the, it's the very first 
uh, this is the very first thing of who we are as people, as persons. Which is why, you know, the devil has done such a good job of attacking that. Yeah, and it's why we're so concerned about whether or not there's sex in heaven, because it's at the very foundations of who we are. This is like our deepest identity. I am a man. What does that mean? You know, and you know, like there's so much identity crisis right now in the world. Right. And, and that is just, that is terrible. It's, uh, it's terrible. It's, it's heartbreaking, you know, to see people who really, they're, I don't think they're ingenuine. I mean, I think they really are, you know, when they say like, oh, I'm, uh, uh, I'm non-binary or, you know, like whatever, I don't know what all the right words are, you know, that they use, <laughs> but it's, it, I, it, that makes my heart break, um, just because, I, I, I think that they are genuine in in the vast majority of cases. I mean, I, I take them at their word that they really feel that way about themselves. And like, what a tragic... Can you imagine? Like, what if, what if you just didn't know that you were... You know, like, what if you were confused about the fact that you were a man? Like, I've never wondered about that. I've just... I'm a man. I mean, look at me. I'm mm-hmm. a boy. Right. Right? You know? Right. Um... So, like, it's just, it's so foundational into our understanding of who we are. Like, mm-hmm. even your relationship with your mother. Am I a son or am I a daughter? Mm-hmm. You know, and just think about the differences that that makes. I mean, it's just, it, it really is, the implications go on and on and on. I'll just stop there, because no. otherwise I will, I'll keep going on. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, I think you're right. And, and that's why I thought this was such an interesting topic, because I right. thought... Um, one, it makes you think, mm-hmm. right? It makes you, you know, at the very beginning, like at the very beginning of the show, we said, I, I said, why are you spilling so much ink over such a simple question? And then as you, as you keep going and you, you dive into the question and you understand like, yes, uh, sex is a person, you know, is, you know or sex, is there sex in heaven? Yes. Is there sexual intercourse in heaven? No. I mean, because, yeah. and, and the, even the question of, of is there sexual intercourse in it's heaven? It's a ridiculous question. It's a ridiculous question. Right, because you, you fail to understand, as, as I'm sure we all uh, do not appreciate the beatific vision. I mean, there's no way we do. We just can't even... You're close. I mean... You're pretty close. In all, in all humility. Not there. Right. Just not quite. Right. Yeah. But one thing uh, he said in here, which I thought was really good, was like, oh, well, don't we think about, as, especially as men, don't we think about sex all the time? And he said, no. Actually, you know, you we like, don't think about sex at all. You, you, you I fantasize want, about it, or I actually you know, wanted like, to start the start it off. You dream about, about it, you yeah. know. You, you act you, it. You plan for it, you know, or you whatever. Act. But you don't actually stop to think about it, you know, to ponder it in its consequences, in its beauties, in its like strangeness, because it's kind of strange, really, if you think about it. Like it's, it's so weird. It's like the weirdest human. There's nothing else in the world that is anything close to it, mm-hmm. you know, like in your day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I love that point that he made. I was like, no, actually, uh, men, hard, I mean, just people, really, hardly think about it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, really think about it, you know? They do a lot of things except think about it. Right. They do almost they pers- everything. They pursue it a they lot. They pursue it. They dream about it. They fantasize about it. They act it. Yeah. But, but they, they don't, don't actually think, think about, about it. it. Right. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. So. So it was fun to think about for this episode. Good. That was, I mean, I hope. Uh, Don't you think so? I, yeah. Don't I you think so, Adam? Well, and that's, you know, even last episode you talked about like your whole goal in life is to make people stop and think about things. The everyday, like. Think. There's so many, 
Like, God put so much of his plan and his beauty and his love into just the day-to-day stuff, the stuff that's so right in front of you. Right. Like, at our judgment, we're, we're just going to be like, oh, how did I not see that? Right. I literally, I literally did that every day. Mm-hmm. And God is like, I know, I love you. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I just love you so much. Right. I, I was there all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, they said that when I was down there. Yeah. They said that. I had no idea what they meant. Right. You know? Yeah. So I think that was good um, overall. What, what do you think, Jim? Yeah, yeah, I just saw that. We are definitely going to link the article. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll link the article. Yeah, there's no problem. I was talking about, like, what your thoughts that were, Jim. Uh, speechless. Oh, that. Jim it, is speechless. That didn't make me feel good about it. it although, still don't try to break Although, in after here. Holy Mass today, he was like, are we recording tonight? And I was like, yes. And his wife, uh, <laughs> Lady Kathy, was there. and Catherine. Lady Catherine sounds Lady better. Catherine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was there and uh he was yeah, i was like yes we are we're, we're recording tonight and he i think he either asked or i i imposed uh the topic is do we have sex in heaven and is, is there sex is in there heaven? sex in heaven do we have sex in still it, the same question still the same question but is there sex in heaven yeah and uh kathy kind of was like she you could tell she like ha- had some questions but she's like well I'm leaving. I, I, I'll, I'll wait for the episode. And then she looked over at Jim and she goes, you're going to make him blush the whole time. Look at him. He's blushing. And he was. I looked over at him and he was like, he was as, as red as a tomato. Like he was like blushing, thinking like thinking about the episode. So I enjoyed that. And then I realized, oh, this is something I did not realize. I did not realize that I can make, make Jimbo Baggins over there blush. <laughs> Whatever. We do it like all the time. I just didn't realize that he, his face turns red. Yeah, it's um, not. It's not the scotch. It's, it's not us. the scotch. It's, it's us. us. So I was like, "Yes, this is something that I'm going to put in my back pocket." <laughs> what did you, you say? Justifiable anger. Yeah, justifiable anger. Yeah. So anyway, okay. uh, uh, the campout is is filled up. I believe. It's full. It's full. I, I believe it's full. So um, you got to get up pretty early in the morning if you want to come on the campout. Anyway, but anyway. Uh, good job. I'm going to end the video.